I'm Jason and he's Rich and she's Allison. We don't usually have Allison on Remastered, but she's here tonight. Hello. Thank you for inviting me on. Well, it was more of a demand. Well, I didn't was. really ask. You will be there, won't you? There was no question mark. It was all exclamation points, it like 50 was. of them. I'm here. Are you here I'm for here pro- and I'm happy. For promotional purposes as well. Well, kind of, yeah, because uh, we're all three doing a show together, aren't we? We are. Like another one. I think we should say at the beginning, this is the last in this series of Remastered. Not the last or ever. Or for American listeners, the last in the season. Yeah. That always trips me up. Season, series, whatever you like, this is it. For a while. We're not, we're not, this is not the end of the show forever. It's just like the end of a season. And next week, you'll be able to hear a brand new show in place of this one. What's it called, Are you going to spoil it? I, well, we should say what it is so people get excited and, and download it. It's called Remote Patrol. It's the three of us. And we're, the way I've been describing it to people is, you know, make it so, well, it's like that but about lots of different TV shows. Is that a fair sort of thing? We're taking one at a time. It's not like we're going to do one episode on lots of TV shows. No, we're doing one at a time. We're starting off with Book Rogers in the 25th century, and then we move on to Quantum Leap, and from there, who knows? Well, that, well that, some of us know, so, but, you know, we, we've got not, an idea. We've got an idea. There's a list. Listen, Have you made a decision, Alison? Have I made it? Have I, Eric? I'm I'm completely on the fence. I'd really like to get a hold of Neat and Tidy, but I know it's not possible, but my dream is alive. Uh, I think I'm going to have to put it away, though. She's rubbish. Magnum P.I. I I like Magnum. I do like Magnum. And I really like Columbo. And, uh, yeah. There's there's loads to choose from. Yeah. I'm still thinking. So that show is going to... It's hard to appreciate exactly how many shows there are on Netflix 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 streaming. Yeah, that thing. That thing. This this show is going to be uh kind of hard. I just want to warn you. Okay. The the sleep has not been coming lately. So expect me to a run out of words easily, b stumble over them and then c not make any sense when they actually do come out. Okay. It's sort of like just so going to be a verbal soup that comes from you then. Just a normal it's going show to spew. then. Sort it out into we'll, carrots we'll be and fine. potatoes. And this is this is how we communicate. Yeah. Tonight, for better or worse, I think we're going to talk about uh, what if the colonies had lost the American Revolutionary War. <laughs> which actually, we've been pre-recording episodes of Remote Patrol, and that's how this came up because we had dabbled a little bit with talking maybe sometime about sliders. Yeah. And th- this w- was this a, a sliders episode. It was a first season Sliders episode. It's like maybe, I don't know, the, like the third, fourth, or fifth episode, somewhere in that range. Right. And it's ridiculous. I mean, it's one, one word, wigs. Right. Okay. I see. I see. Modern day. It, you know, we haven't invented the automobile because that's how vain Americans are about our contribution to history. If, if you guys had not done it, nobody else would have figured out. I, I have right. to point out at this point that it was a German who invented the automobile. <laughs> uh, sorry. Everyone, your guy just made loads of them. Right, we we perfected making them in mass. He did. He invented the production line. Yeah, and mass production. He didn't invent the car. He didn't even really invent the production line. He was just like the Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs of the production line. He took it and he popularized it. That's pretty much it. I wonder what he wore as his signature outfit. Yeah, maybe he just wore the same damn clothes every day. Every day, just a suit. 
Okay. Or maybe a brown outfit. Yeah. You know, he was a, a Nazi sympathizer. Yeah. Oh, yes, he was, wasn't he? <laughs> so, slightest. I, I have to admit, I, have, I will have at some point seen that episode, but I can't remember that. At all. I watched it when it was first on. I never saw sliders at all, so Ooh. all of this is going to fly over my head. It, it, I have a feeling that we might be sliding into sliders on Remote Patrol at some point pretty damn soon because, you know, I, I, I want to pick the crap. Leave Allison to pick the good stuff. I'm going to pick the crap. Okay. Okay. You're deliberately going to put me through shit, aren't you, Hulk? Sliders isn't shit. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's it, not good. It's not good. But Listen, it's, look, if it gets that bad, I will put you an invoice in for the time that I have wasted that I cannot get back. It's just if I we, already owe you untold pounds for making you watch Buck Rogers. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking probably about she five hours work there, maybe. You enjoyed Buck Rogers. <sighs> 70 quid a day, something like that. It like was that. fun. It was good. There was ladies that had no clothes on nearly and... Funny stories about slavery and things like that. But we'll get into that in the show. <laughs> yeah, we will. So, I, what if the colonies didn't win the Revolutionary War? And, and we just took the fuck over. Yeah. Well, we did have the fuck over. It was ours, right? We'd fought a lot of people over this. Well, a lot of French people. Uh, maybe some Spaniards. My history's a bit sketchy, as I'm sure... Jonathan Bloody Wilkinson will testify to. Yeah. But there was all lots of wars and stuff, because I've seen Last of the Mohicans. Yeah. And that was the, well the before that. Yeah, Last of the Mohicans. And they were English people fighting French people in America. Now, as I understand it, the Revolutionary War wasn't necessarily about kicking us out. It was about the fact that the American colony didn't have a representative in Parliament. No represent or no taxation without representation. That was the slogan. Exactly, and yet we were taxing them because they were. It was our right. colony, but, but we they weren't, didn't have. Yeah. We weren't reciprocating by giving them a seat in Parliament. No, to be fair, now I think that was unfair. It, it probably wouldn't have been an issue, except that King George forced it and kept on raising the taxes and raising the taxes and raising the taxes until they really were creating an unstable kind of. Uh, uh, a robber king, not a rubber baron, but a robber king kind of situation. I'm actually going to look. At, I need to put this in now. I'll, I'll, I'll be doing a little bit of reading. The American. There was the sugar tax. There was the stamp tax. But the one that really got us was the tea tax because as British citizens, we loved our tea. Yes. And this is what happened in Boston when shit went down and they made a massive pot of tea in the water. It was quite unacceptable behavior, quite frankly. Yeah. The Boston Tea Party is what we've called it. It's not really a party, is it? It's more like a sacking, I think. It, it was pretty bad. It depends on who you ask, because we do have the modern Tea Party in the United States, the well, Tea Party movement. I, that's I would say, trying, I know how right? bad that is. Historically. How bad was that in, compa in comparison with the Boston Tea Party? It's thousands, time, thousands and thousands of times worse. Okay, I thought so. When William Wallace got to York, that was the sacking. Him that, with the blue face. That involves heads on spikes and shit like that, and yeah. castles and other things. Yeah, but still, I the think Boston wrecking tea someone's party was, tea. It was just wrecking tea, though. Look, that's as I'm a saying. British person, I understand how much that hurts. It just seems Having like such a minor thing for us to get upset about. I mean, you could be like, oh, I didn't want that tea anyway. No, because I'm not like that. It's like, that's precious. It's the precious brown Wasn't flakes. the last tea 
There was there's plenty more tea. Yeah. There's still tea right, now. But you've got to understand it wasn't walking down to the store and buying a box of tea for three fifty. It was hey, they shipped that across the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. And yeah. before that it yeah. had come from East India. Yeah. Well, yeah. Via Holland. Been a long way. It had. You're talking months at sea just to get it there. That's one damn fucking expensive cup of tea that. So eventually things broke down and we got busy with a bit of a war, didn't we? What was the whole the Redcoats are coming thing with with Paul Giamatti? <laughs> um, well, there's a lot to explain, but I think that you're probably talking about the midnight ride of Paul Revere. Yeah, there was an HBO series that looked good, but I didn't watch. Uh, you're talking about John Adams. Yeah. Was that, is it, that it the was same very, dude? Um, it was the same group of Bostonians. Right. Uh, the, the, um, the Northeast Cabal that was kind of, you know, the secret society that eventually became the founding fathers of the United States. Right. They had their, their fingers in all of the, uh, the rabble rousing that got the, the general countryside involved. Right. But uh, there are two cities in Connecticut, Lexington and Concord, and they were supposedly weapons caches for the British troops. Mm. And uh, when things started to build up there, that's when the midnight ride of Paul Revere happened. Uh, the British had launched an invasion, and the old fable goes – I don't even know if this is true or not. It's been so kind of turned into a tall tale over time. Yeah. But you learn it in elementary school. It's that – when the British uh, started sending their troops in, there was supposed to be one lantern if the, they were coming um, by land and two lanterns up in the tower if they were coming by sea. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm probably garbling this terribly. I haven't even thought about the whole Paul Revere thing. That's such a such a weird, like, kiddish part of history that right. was really serious, but we've turned it into, like, cartoon Saturday morning stuff. Okay. Now, well, I'm, just, I'm just scrolling through the Wikipedia article. It's enormous. I thought I'd just be able to scan it and get a, a bit of a rough kind of overview. Yeah, this no. is massive. No, if this was a book, it would be very thick indeed. We take it very seriously. I'm, I'm sure you do. Well, why should you I not? It's any, kind of the beginning that, of your country. Any country that's gained independence from another state is, uh, has got that kind of mentality. And well, we have no similar story. There no. was just, we just sort of, we were here. There, there was no. Stu, you have thousands of similar stories. We, though, we've been invaded have... so many times. Yeah, this so, This was the time that we became England and the British. There was. There's none of that. There's, there there, honestly, you know, there's nothing. Ten sixty six and all that as as no. your founding pre-Breton stuff and all that what, kind what of stuff around. What about all the the Normans before and the and the, the Vikings Saxons and the and Vikings? It goes way, 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 way in, back. I mean, God, I, even a thousand years further back to the Romans and then all the. Celtic tribes before, honestly. We're talking t- 10, 20,000 years of life here. Yeah. So else, We should be counting the same thing, though, because we're so Western-centric over here. We totally ignore the Native American plight. Yeah. And that brings me to my first thing. If the colonists had not won the Revolutionary War, there would probably be a Comanche Empire. Do you think, do you think we'd have left them well enough alone? Well... Yeah, because yeah. Oh, we did on. everywhere else. We, we did everywhere else. Did we? Yeah. We did. All right, we were the, it, Technically, sort of historically, all over the world, we took over in a very, very gentlemanly way. Right. Yeah. And we made things better for a lot of people. 
And even after, you know, countries have gained independence, they'll still look fondly on the time that Britain was in charge for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And it's still hung over today. You know, some travellers will tell you that when they go to certain countries, they're kind of treated as a bit like a, a great white god who's come to do good things. Um, so, yeah, we kind of did good things. So I don't think we would have really had that relationship with the native uh, people that were there anyway. That's, we were that's too gentlemanly. True. Yeah. We would have given them tea and I biscuits. kind of think you might be romanticizing that slightly, but... Only okay. slightly. Only slightly. Yeah, I don't think we'd have been that bad. What, what, we didn't kill all the Indians in give India. Give me the date. Give me the date. What year is this? Oh, I don't know. 17th. Uh, if we're talking about the Declaration of Independence, if you want to use that as kind of an anchor point in all of this, yeah, I'm going to say we have, 1775. We have the American Revolutionary War and the American War of Independence. Is that two separate wars, or just how this is worded and I'm being thick? It's just how it's worded. Right. See, I think that society by that point in Britain would have been quite civilized and it would have established the British culture that we have now that's developed. I'd say we, years. we were quite a lot. By we then. had institutions that were uh, learned and uh, noble. So It might have taken you a little bit longer than you think, because I think that as we talk about this, you'll see like maybe 40, 50 years later, there were a bunch of milestones in British government and British libertarianism mm. that... Uh, that I jotted down here. But just real quick, this whole thing about the Comanche Empire, it's all predicated. I was reading, there's a whole bunch of theories about what would have happened, but it's all predicated on the fact that if the United States had not been formed and didn't have its own independence, then we would never have bought the Louisiana Purchase from France. We'd have taken it from France. We were, were, when were we killing French people in America? Well, we were killing French people as a nation for a long time. It's been a hobby of ours, historically. It really has. And we still do it. We still (laughs) slag the French off and they slag us off. We've got horrible names for each other. And to be fair, historically, a hobby of theirs is killing Englishmen. Well, it is, kind of. You know, know, it goes back and forth. It does. It does. (laughs) We've got a terrible xenophobia about French in this country, but it goes both ways. Like I said, we are the roast beef. So, I mean, the idea of buying this piece of land from you that is thousands of miles from your homeland and all of that and we've got an army right there so i i don't know maybe maybe we would have just taken what we wanted that we it's also possible did. but it was getting that all that land in that one big chunk when we bought it from what was it louis the sixth no louis the fourth i don't remember I have no idea what it is. It was Louis the Sixth? I have to look up Louisiana Purchase. We bought all that huge strip, all everything that you would call the Midwest, all down through Texas, all that. We, well, most of it, some of it. We bought all that, right, in one huge chunk, and just started going. Send the wagons west. Oh God, yeah, it's a big bit that. That was all yeah. the far and away stuff where you got on a horse and just rode and then shoved a stake in the ground. Which I like that movie. People hate that movie, but I like it. I've never seen that movie. It is a bit poo, but I do like it. It's I don't Tom know why. And Nicole Kidman. I but yeah, but it was before they both got totally fucked up. Him by his <laughs> mentality and her by a plastic surgeon. Mike so day. without that huge purchase that allowed us to send all the wagons going at one time, the Comanches might have had time to develop a little bit more, scout us out, mm. develop some councils, make some packs. The, what, what I was reading is some historians think that they would have had a country all of their own. Mm. 
Yeah. But didn't they suffer some kind of um, disease? Well, we brought lots of diseases with us when we came yeah, over. Yeah, that's what I figured, that, that it was more, more likely that diseases would be brought by people who'd come. The smallpox caused deaths by the millions. Yeah. The bubonic plague to some degree. Oh, that ravaged us. We were done. We were done. There's lots of local popular stories about the plague in the village of Eam. Yes, there is. I've been to Eam with school. Oh, many times. Yeah. You went with school. I went with my dad. Did you? And had the same experience and day out. But there was quite quite a lot in in the village that we live in as well. Um, Consumption. And that kind of thing. What the hell is consumption? Well, I think it's tuberculosis. I just know it's old-timey death illness. But we did have bubonic plague here as well, and uh, the stories go there was no sewage in in the village. There was no sewage system at all. And uh, all all the bodies were taken up to the cemetery on the moor. And when they rotted, all, all the effluent came off the hill and ran through the village, causing massive disease and, and decimated the village. So, yeah... Welcome to Europe, Europe people. Europe was mucky, shall we say. We were still no France, but we were, Paris we were fairly mucky. Paris was the most disgusting place on the universe. Yeah, it was. I shouldn't be surprised, but Alison's right. Uh, consumption, uh, mainly called mycobacterium tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. Attacks the lungs, but you, can affect other parts of the body. You yeah. just hear about it in films and things like that. Oh, he's got a consumption. What the- it's consumption. Pretty much everybody Have died of it. Have I been vaccinated yeah, yeah. against consumption? Should I be worried about it? I think Charlotte Bronte probably died of it. You know, it's, it was that inherent in this village that everybody had consumption in their family. Right. You do need to get vaccinated against tuberculosis if you haven't. As a matter of fact, there's a problem with getting people to do their vaccinations right now, and it's caused a pretty large outbreak in the southern part of the United States. Really? Florida. Yeah. Why are people objecting to the TB vaccine? Is this a Jenny McCarthy problem? There you go. That's oh, it. Idiots. Well, that and people being poor. Well, yeah, people being poor. That yeah, that's something that we just forget here because every child is inoculated for TB when they're nine. It's just, it's as simple as that. Yeah, it all happens at school. That's a fun day. You it miss hurts a PE lesson a lot. Now, just, see, there's a debate to be had there. If it's a woman's right to choose what to do with her body, should it be a person's right to choose what to do with his or her body? Uh, as long as they're not a carrier. I think that's, that's the bottom line. If they are a carrier of a horrible disease that has got the, uh, the capacity to decimate society, then no, they don't have a right. Plus, I don't know that you have to do it. It was just one of the things you just did. There was no, uh, there was no was reason to object out. to it when, no. it when I had it done. Why would anybody object? It was just what you did. To some degree, we have that here where kids just get their shots in school or before they go to school and you just do it. But there's this whole helicopter parent thing that's really just so disturbing where the parents want to do everything to make little Johnny or little Janie so unique. And it all goes along with the pseudoscience and uh, I just I can't stand it. Me neither. It's bad science. It's, It's nothing else. It's not even pseudoscience. It's just bad. I do have scrolled, scrolled down here on my list. Uh, if the colonies had lost the American Revolutionary War, we might have adopted universal health care long, long ago. I would have hoped so. I mean, it was 1948 for us, and uh, it's fantastic. You know, we might moan. Uh, it is underfunded. It's understaffed. Um, but it's there. And um, it, it's probably, it certainly saved my life. 
Richard, they saved your life. They threatened it, but <laughs> they took you all away. I threatened theirs. It was fine. Uh, yeah, but uh, your life has been saved by the NHS for free. Yeah, that's but true. When we we bitch and moan when we need to go and get a prescription, and it's like seven pound fifty or whatever. Seven sixty five. Seven sixty five. You know, and we bitch and moan, but that's you know potentially life saving medication for about eleven dollars. So, Five hundred is the number. Five hundred Americans die each week because they don't have health insurance. That's horrible. It's not a statistically significant proportion of the United States population. Let me start off by saying that, and I know that that sounds kind of cold-hearted. Yeah, but it's not. But it's, if, that's a fraction but of you a know percent. What, the flip coin of that is that um, a friend of mine is a nurse in the states, and he, he's also worked in the UK. And what what staggered him when he first got there was that he was working on a ward full of people who really should be dead and would be if they were in Britain. But they were being kept alive on machines because they had the health insurance to pay for it. It it was the most horrifying experience for him because it's like, this is inhumane, this person needs to go. Yeah, so I would hope that universal healthcare would have come in around about the same time that it happened for us here. Um, just after a war it's always a good time to introduce something nice back to people who've been through something horrific yeah and we got sweets back as well <clears throat> yeah we did and did you guys have rationing during world war Two? Uh, very very much so right. yeah uh stamps and coupons for purchasing even basic things bread milk mm. uh everybody had to save up all their metal and turn it in you you weren't allowed to hold on any of that stuff because it all had to go into battleships and and everything else that was needed. Oh god, that would be horrifying here now. I don't want to give up everything metal in this house. Oh no, that would be bad. <coughs> Although if I got to drive the battleship, maybe I don't know. No. All the underwear factories here started making parachutes. It's a good plan. Yeah, we had the land army, didn't we? Mm. So I wonder if World War Two would have gone significantly differently. If- no we would have been called in right away exactly. instead of remaining p- pacifists. Because we did that. When did World War II start? Because I'm so trained to think with my American brain, we got into the war in December 1941. Therefore, the war started in December 1941. Yeah, it was... It was uh, 1939. Yeah. What month was it? I'm thinking October. Let me double check. Google searching, <laughs> oh, I've been doing what? a basic history. We should have gotten Jonathan Wilkinson <laughs> yeah, on the show. Yeah, he'd have been fantastic. He'd have just got, oh, well, that was this year. I don't know. We have a podcaster on Simply Syndicated with a master's degree in history. Uh, 1939 to 1945. September. 1st of not, September. Not far off. Was that our get out of they Poland date? Because that was, a, that, it was, of course, Hitler into Poland. Like, Oi, yeah, that was you. your deadline back off or we'll have you and he didn't back off so we're like oh shit okay we'll do this then and then we all threw down Mm. now you do have to ask would the united states have been industrialized enough to make as much of a difference as we did i don't see why not we have massive industry here yeah (sighs) kind of invented it borrowed a lot from us what we we invent we invented industry It's in Manchester. You can go and walk around all the place. Industrial Revolution, yeah. Yeah. That's terrific, but... We had loads of it. You're talking about the Industrial Revolution in the 19th century, not the 20th. 
Because there was a second industrial revolution where, like we talked about earlier, hey, Ford was ours, and Ford's operations were made available pretty much because of our, our loose industrial standards. But you could still have had we could still have had Henry Ford. Where were it's his family also, from? It's yeah. all the, the the butterfly effect thing, you know. It's it, how much would have changed? What what would Ford have ever even gotten into that, or would he have gone and become a bookkeeper? Exactly. It's impossible to know. I I like to think, broadly speaking, most things pretty much stayed the same. I I'd like to hope that um, Yorkshire pudding was eaten quite regularly, though. That that made it across the ocean and became a staple of a Sunday afternoon bit at lunch. That would be good. I don't even know what Yorkshire pudding is. What? I don't. I'm it's, sorry. It's almost like pancakes. No, no. Remember, American pancakes are very, very different to our pancakes. Right, okay. It's, it's like a thick crepe. But in terms of recipe, batter. isn't it almost identical? It's almost identical. It just needs to be a little bit thinner and you need to like have your fat really, really hot. And then put it in, and and then you you bake it in the oven until it becomes light and fluffy, and ideally with a whole kind of like a cup shape almost to fill with gravy. You do want to be able to pour gravy in it and hold it in there, yeah. Okay, tell me where I'm wrong because the images that I'm seeing are almost like like kind of a French toast that's filled with like a gooey breading kind of stuff. Uh, send me a link to what you're looking at, or put it in the chat room or something. I just got the Google search up, so I'm looking at lots and lots and lots oh, of right. images. But give me a second here. Maybe I can post well, that in. I'll, I'll do the same. Oh, yeah, you can. I have a bit. Yeah, that's that's pretty much Yorkshire pudding. That's that's all Yorkshire pudding. That's it. It's not gooey, though. It's just not as brown and crispy in the middle. Okay. All right. But um, that, that's that looks it. delicious. It's a savory, and you have it with uh, roast beef. And gravy. Does it have cinnamon on it? No, no, God, no. no, 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 no. It is literally made with um, with flour, <coughs> egg, and a little bit of milk and salt and pepper. That's it. Hmm. Now, along the same lines, do you think that uh, had we stayed part of the British Empire, maybe you guys would have adopted coffee a little bit more? Maybe so. Maybe, maybe it would have supplanted tea. <laughs> Nothing really did as don't... much for the spread of coffee in this country as the TV series Friends. <laughs> that, that's really? Pop, pop watching, coffee, watching, we didn't have a... We, do you know what we had before... The, the day before the first episode of Friends aired in this country, if you wanted to go buy a cup of coffee somewhere, you could go to a cafe, probably quite a cheap, nasty one, what we would refer to as a greasy spoon, and you'd get a mug of coffee that was probably instant coffee. Yeah. And that's it. That's all you would get anywhere. Nobody Unless you're in a restaurant and then you yeah. might get a filter. Per- that's it. You might get a, a filter coffee at the end of a meal in a restaurant. Nobody knew what a latte was or a cappuccino or anything like that. Then suddenly this TV show comes on with these six really good looking funny people. And all they do is sit on a sofa and drink coffee. In the most expensive it, apartment in New York. Yeah. And then suddenly, one's unemployed, and another's a waiter, and yeah, other things. And then suddenly, now I have loyalty cards for three different coffee shop chains (laughs) in my wallet. Now, are there tea shop chains or or tea rooms? No, no, there are tea rooms in the classic sense. Here in Yorkshire, we're quite uh, lucky to have the Betty's Tea Room, and we've got two of those, and they're both in very well-to-do Yorkshire 
spa towns of Ilkley and Harrogate. And if you go to Betty's, it's going to cost quite a lot of money. And you're going to go there for an afternoon tea where you get served maybe several different types of tea, along with sandwiches with the crust cut off and small cakes. And it's marvellous. See, we do have tea rooms here, but in general, I mean, not all the time, but in general, especially in the Midwest where I am over here in Ohio, they're... Some froofy little 65-year-old woman has set up a room with too much floral wallpaper and too crowded and old what she thinks is Victorian furniture but is probably Edwardian furniture. And she'll serve little crappy tea that's probably not real tea from I don't know where in like porcelain cups and Mm. charge $8 for it. And she thinks that she's high society. Nice. You see, we live in a tourist village, so we've got about 12 of those places. Some of them are really <laughs> nice. They're really nice, but uh, some of them are just like uh, old lady chintz curtains and um, and those horrible stainless steel teapots Doilies. that just spew everywhere. You can't get a good pour on mm. them. Doilies are terrible. Doilies, little paper frilly, we don't crappy need those. things. So they uh. exist, but you, you wouldn't ever go to one really... Some people no might. one a, except maybe like the ladies' gardening society that, that which, sort of thing. Yeah, yes. Right. Most most people on the street are not going to stop for some cucumber sandwiches with the crisp cut off. There's not one of those next to a Starbucks. No, there isn't. It's just it's not that ubiquitous at all. But it's such a ritualized thing, and I think that that's what makes it part of a culture when you've got a ritual with it. Like just like the Japanese have got their tea ritual. We have our tea ritual. There's arguments over tea rituals in this country. There really is. Look at the Devon Cornwall scone issue. Yeah. This is this is a real thing, and I I believe that maybe a war could have been fought over this, where you have the the traditional tea, which is the scone, or some scone. people have scones, which I think is something different. No, no, um, I don't think you'll find that at all. Anyway, and, they're, and you they're have cream biscuits where you live, <laughs> yeah. but they're sweet. The sweet with raisins and nice, and you would have cream and jam. And in Devon, let me see if I can get this right: is it cream first, then jam? Um, no, they do jam first, then cream. right. So in Devon, it's no, jam no, no, then cream. You're right, cream first, then cream, jam. Then jam. It's and wrong. in Cornwall, it's jam then cream. See, I'm I'm very Cornish. And and with this. so you can you could travel a couple of miles and you'll get something different. It's the same thing. They just argue over which one so goes on first. Basically, you you cut your sweet biscuit in half. There then... is a lot of negative things to say about Americans, but I am proud to say. That we would never do that. We would never make a fuss about what order you put your accoutrements into your beverage. The problem is, I, I understand you not wanting important. to make a fuss, but putting the jam on first is just goddamn wrong. And so, so you're one of the old ladies. You're, 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 you're a Devon person, then. I'm yeah. a Cornish person. Obviously, the cream goes on first. Obviously. No, it, you, want a, I, you want a good layer of jam discussed? and then a big mountain of cream and you can't really have a mountain of cream and then put little bits of jam on it you need good coverage over the you know i can't think of any rituals that go along with coffee no there are nothing there really aren't many are there where do americans stand on dunking biscuits into hot drinks first of all what do you mean by biscuits cookies uh i think only with hot cocoa right okay. okay you wouldn't do it with anything else would you, you might you might dunk your Oreos into some cold milk, but right. not into a cup of tea or a coffee. 
I, find somebody with a cup of tea and ask them, but I, I don't know where those people live. Right. Okay. Canada. Right. Yeah. Although I, I hear that they're partial, partial to Tim Hortons. That's right. Hey, what if, if, if we still had America, would we, what would have happened with Canada? We would have got Oreos so much sooner for a start. Anyway, what would have happened with Canada? Well, first know, of all, you know that Canada was almost again. part of the United States. Was yeah. It? it was one battle away from being our 51st state. Right. Because we had Canada for a bit. Well, that's just more fighting to be done then. So what it, really? if we just had Canada as well? What if we had all of North America? My God, we oh. wouldn't have, though, because left to their own devices, the Spaniards probably would have taken up most of the south- southwestern part of the United States before yeah. before we could have gotten over there. Right. Yeah, they did do that. And gee, we, we did enjoy killing Spaniards in between killing French people. So you never know how that would have gone either. You know, we had to fight a big war with Mexico just to get Texas. And I kind of wish that we would have lost it. I know. What was on a TV about that the other day, Alison? I don't know. I'm sure I saw something that was talking about this the other day. I can't remember now. The Spanish-American War. Yeah. With the Alamo and everything. God, there was a lot of fighting over there, you know. And Davy Crockett. It's a lot of territory to hammer out. It is. I just so wish it wasn't parceled up that way. Well, you know, it turned out well because Jesus wanted us all to have it. (laughs) Is that right, Jason? Ask any Republican. And hey, it can uh, work really well. Look at Africa. They're doing <laughs> they're doing ever so well. So, you know, clearly just us storming across a continent and dividing it up in a room thousands of miles away with a ruler on a map is clearly the best way to, for the planet to function. Like I say, some people miss us. Yeah. There you go. Let's not go there. <laughs> This is how it all starts, you know, with lots of English people sitting around going, do you know what? They'd really appreciate it if we came back in Africa. (laughs) I think that would really make their day. Shall we go? Because there are people in London who have those conversations and really mean it, you know. know. I know. And unfortunately, they're in power. The the map on the table. They have little men and maps. We don't have maps here. Giant risk board. That's the problem that we're getting into. We we go traipsing now into Afghanistan and Iraq and drawing up lines and saying you can be in power and you can't. And we need to get the hell out of Afghanistan. Why are we there? I it's know like why we, we never don't looked need to at uh, any kind of history book ever. Shocking. If we left long enough, John Rambo will come along and kick our asses. Would he bring us on? What I know that you had the one hundred years war with France, but the Afghanistan war is our longest war to date now. When did it start? Nineteen seventy-one. Not for us. It just started in what two thousand two. You yeah. remember all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah, there was plane and stuff and buildings. Was yeah, but there was, we, yeah, we don't count our little skir- skirmish with the Soviet Union over it. Uh, okay, did that not really happen? Should we just float? Well, over we were we weren't really involved. That was just one guy with a gun. I've seen the documentary. He looked remarkably <laughs> like Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> He went over, caused all kinds of trouble. And uh, that was it. Killed a big, angry general with a helicopter. I've seen it. You know, I still haven't seen that movie. <coughs> Dude, it's amazingly awesome in a really crap action hero kind of way. I've oh. seen Rambo 1. I just haven't seen Rambo 2. And Rambo 3. Rambo 3 is the one in Afghanistan. 
Well, oh, is it? See, that's how far off I am. Yeah, Rambo 3 is in Afghanistan. Rambo 2 is the one that Hot Shots 2 is based on. Where they, the go, one where he's under the mud and comes up with the machine guns. Yeah, and they have to go and get him from a Tibetan monastery at the beginning of the film and that sort of thing. Now, I know a little bit about Rambo 1 having seen it. I, I don't remember a whole lot. But what I just said right there about the mud and the machine guns is literally everything that I know about Rambo 2 and 3. Oh, you'd like them. Honestly, they're, they're, <laughs> you, you would like them. Alison would. Not at all. From my but you, you like them. They're, for what they are, they're really good examples of a classic action film. So you, you like it. We're way off topic here. Well, I, I would also like to think that fish and chips would be completely ubiquitous and proper. It's all food with you this week, isn't it? It kind of is, because when I think about British culture, we haven't really got much apart from... Are you, are you kidding me? Well, think, I know. Think but of the music. The, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, music. Music would have been pretty damn good, I think. I wonder if there'd be, there'd be much more of an exchange the other way. Yeah. Would we have anything to exchange, though? Because a lot of the music scene happened over in territory that we probably wouldn't own. If if uh, if we remained a British colony and not expanded westward at that fast clip, we wouldn't have California. We wouldn't have the Beach Boys. We wouldn't have modern rock and roll, although we might have some of the you know Elvis-inspired stuff. Hmm. It's not good enough, really, is it? It's entirely possible. We wouldn't have Hollywood, I'll tell you that. Think about it. The entire movie industry, its fate hangs in the balance. Oh, God, what if it was all like the British movie industry? Then it'd just be depressing films about people in dingy flats in nasty places. Is that what the British film industry is like? generally all we tend to make, I, I, I seem to think. We don't make happy, exciting, big films. Slumdog Millionaire was massive. It, yeah, it wasn't. Not, not like Transformers 3 was massive. <laughs> And I'm not. I'm not saying that Transformers Three was a better film than Sundown. You know, I'm absolutely not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, that Hollywood makes big films. Hmm. Not- I'm out of my depth here because I'm not really up to date on the differences between the filmmaking between our two countries. But I, I have this hunch. I have this feeling that you guys film at a slightly lower frame rate than we do. Do you think that there's any truth to that? No. There's something about your media that looks more sedate. <laughs> are you talking uh, you, about the BBC here? Do you mean because... more recently or sort of classic stuff? Well, not more recently because everybody's doing it digitally now, right. so it's kind of on a par. But yeah, your 80s stuff, that. your early 90s stuff, it seems like there's some quality to the actual film itself. There is, because we did all – our videos done in a PAL format and yours is all NTSC format. Does that so, really make that much of a difference to yeah, the naked eye? it does because ours is a lower frame rate. And it's it's slightly lower frame. I, I I want to make sure I'm right about this. I used to be able to just recite this off by heart, which was a sad sign of working in video at the time. I bet Nick could do this. Let me just <laughs> PAL versus NTSC. Uh, right, NTSC is used with uh, frames per second of thirty. Uh, it's thirty frames a second, and PAL was twenty five frames a second. So there is a difference in frame rate. But there was also a difference in resolution. PAL is a higher resolution. Uh, so our standard definition television looked ever so slightly better than your standard definition television. And take that ever so slightly uh, slightly better definition and stick it on our worst TVs with whatever you poured over to us. And I'm sure it looked a little bit warped. Mm. Entirely possible. So. Hmm. That's interesting. 
because yeah it was a slightly different format so it will have had to have been converted uh, so you're not actually seeing what we saw either you're seeing it uh, change to being change to being 30 frames a second which <laughs> of course means weirdness will happen mathematically it doesn't quite work out so it's why when we do web video we just do it all in 30 frames a second now because it, it doesn't matter we're yeah. not unless you're making uh, content for television and hd is hd you know 1080p is 1080p that's no different now there's i don't think it applies anymore um it was just standard definition stuff it would still apply on dvd though right yeah because you have different players it's not just region locking that's different between us there there's still the ntsc pal difference yeah uh let me see here pal was 576 lines of resolution and I think uh, NTSC is 600. I think. Let me just... Do, 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 go to Wikipedia. It doesn't say right off the bat. That's an eye. Never mind. Oh, 483 lines. So, yeah, there is a significant difference there. Hmm. So that's what that is. So... The telly would have been better. Yeah, the telly would have been better. Depending on how you define better. Well, <clears throat> higher resolution having, and all of that would have. I don't like what's happened to your TV and how quickly it's happened. It's happening here now. But when I went out to the States for the first time, which was only in 2007, we went out to San Francisco for the first time and we watched TV while well, we stayed at our friend's house. And I've never been assaulted by so many commercials in my life. I'm surprised you guys can <laughs> sit through a show and remember what's happening. When, all my life, there have been four ad breaks an hour. On the hour, quarter past, half past, and quarter two. And if it was live TV, you'd always get the little uh, black and white bars in the top right-hand corner that told you in 30 seconds' time the ads were going to start. Is that it, what that was? Yeah. Ah. It, and the ad break would last for exactly three minutes, mm. and you'd be back again, and the next ad break would be on the half hour. So you'd only ever have a maximum for three-minute slots, 12 minutes in total in a whole hour. Now, I think I saw about 20 minutes of a show in an hour, and the rest was just ads. Yeah, you actually got 22 minutes per half hour. That's what the FCC mandated allotment for commercials is. It's 22 minutes of programming for eight minutes of advertisements. It felt like so much more. It's because it split up more. We, we're actually allowed to do that now. It was regulated by Ofcom, but now broadcasters are allowed to do uh, double the ad breaks. It's just a question of who's going to blink first. Plus... <laughs> People aren't advertising that much on television anymore. Well, I've seen a show this week that had five ad breaks in it <coughs> in one hour. Entirely feasible. Go onto ITV and you find a program with no ad breaks in it. Or they advertise an ITV show that's coming up and then back to the program because yeah. no one has bought the ad space on that show. Yeah. It happens a lot on the less channels. Whereas if you're watching Sky One, they're going to be doing all right. Yeah. You know, it's a lot better to put an ad in the middle of The Simpsons than it is in Harry Hill's TV burp. Now, there is a blessing from above. If, uh, if we were under British rule, we wouldn't have to watch all these stupid political commercials right now. Yeah, we don't have any of that. 
We have party we, political broadcasts. You're allowed one, and you're allowed to broadcast it on a couple of channels, and that's it. They usually do it on BBC One after the nine o'clock news. Yeah. And everybody gets one, and you'll, you'll get suddenly... There now follows a party political broadcast by the Conservative Party. And they're given 15 minutes David maximum. Cameron will talk to you for a bit, and that's it. There's no general commercial or anything. They're allowed billboards. You get a lot of billboards. And if you thought that it was terrible, like seeing frequent commercials about, I don't know, frosted flakes and car dealerships and Applebee's and who knows what else. How's this PPI claims, payment protection insurance claim backs? It's just just imagine every hour seeing uh, 20 to 25 political commercials saying, President Obama kills babies. He raped your mom last night. He wants to give a gun to every person who will shoot up your public library. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what uh, Sky Plus is for. I've seen those adverts. They're, they're horrifying. It's just awful. Yeah. It's so bad. I, I'm the get- worst part about it is that there's no regulations or requirements for truth in advertising. Political lie. advertisers can say anything they want. Horrific. That's we got amazing. trading standards that say you cannot lie about your product. Yeah. Now, you can take somebody to court over what they say, but, you know, three years later, when that's cleared up, the election's going to be over. Yeah. Now, it you can have now, adverts banned instantly here. Yeah, they get pulled straight away. We can get injunctions against them, and there have this election season already been injunctions against certain advertisements, but you still have to sue and go to court and convince a judge to do that real fast. The last one I heard about in this country, we have this horrific character that comes with the website GoCompare.com, which is a, an insurance com- comparison site. And this guy is a, a really annoying opera singer with a um, curly moustache type thing. And uh, he sings this horrific GoCompare song. And this, this ad campaign that was launched this summer starts with... Um, Sue Barker, one of our tennis champion, kind of sports presenter, big personality in this country. Um, she was playing a, a sniper in a building, pointing a massive bazooka at him uh, as, as he was singing this song. And the bazooka flies, and, and the first time it was shown, the bazooka flies, hits him, and creates a massive crater in the ground. She unmasks herself. We see it's Sue Barker, grins and walks away. End of end of commercial. And there were huge outrage about this. People were saying, but it's terrible. She murders him. So they had to edit the the ad and show him crawling out of the crater perfectly unharmed. We and, don't and that like happened bad immediately. <laughs> we don't mess about. We we pull things straight away and change them if it, if it shows something that we, we find distasteful. So that, really? Yeah, it just goes. We had a, a tango. A tango is a drink in the UK. It's, um, it's an a orange, fizzy orange drink. Orange um, soda. In, in the 90s, they had an ad campaign where there was a tango man, which is basically just a bald, chubby guy, painted bright orange, who'd come round and slap you. Because it was a big hit of orange, you see. And um, there was one where he clapped both hands over the, the tango drinker's ears. 
And the, the, the line of the ad was, you've been tangoed. And that went through every school playground in the land. People would smack each other on the ears and say, you've been tangoed, and run away. Until uh, there were lots of reports of perforated eardrums because that was going on. So again, the advert get pulled, changed, character goes away. Character starts cuddling you instead of smacking you. Huh. I don't think that we could get that past the legal system here. I don't think we could ever pull something like that. You see, maybe this is what we'd bring then. We'd bring a sense of propriety, a bit of a bit of a right and wrongness, a bit of sense of order. <laughs> yeah, a bit of sense of right and wrong. The trouble is, is you acceptable? guys don't have enough paperwork. <laughs> we have bureaucrats up to here. This is this is a constant. It's been one of those election promises my entire life. That's. Uh, MP so-and-so promises to cut all the red tape in whichever government department it is he's working in. And maybe See, we have the same thing. It's just that our countries come at it from different angles. Because where you have bureaucratic paperwork, we have the court system. Right. We have sue crazy people. So, yeah, we, we have just as much paper to fill out. It's just, hey, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's have a trial. We saw that in the film Big, when he wants to find out when the, the amusement park's in town again. He has to fill it out in triplicate. We we have similar systems. They're just different. They've got different name badges. That's all. And when Wayne wanted to put on that big music festival with Aerosmith, yeah, all those forms he had to fill out. Terrible. Exactly. It's the same if you want to claim a benefit here, but hey, at least it's a benefit system. Do you know what I'm saying? They have a benefit system, don't you? Yeah. What is it? Some is it food. Here is some food stamps. Right. That, that that's bit, pretty much it. There's some people would like to do that here. Yeah, no, you know what, it Alison, doesn't equate to the, rent. The trouble is, is that those damn poor people are spending their money on cigarettes and alcohol and other things like that, and that's just not the response. I'm doing. I'm saying all of this ironically, by the way. That's right, and they'd never slag off alcohol anyway. They like that stuff, so yeah, and and they'd do that here. They spend- don't have solid figures to back that this up, but my guess is that if you went door to door in Ohio and said that you would probably get about 10 out of 10 people to agree with you. Terrible. It's been, that has been quite a controversial thing suggested over here. That'll, I don't, well, I seriously doubt that will ever going on in this, in this country at the moment. There's really horrible politics, but I don't think there's horrible as yours what's going on over there at the minute. But, you know, it does feel like we've gone backwards. It really does. It feels like the poor people are getting punished and penalised. They and, are. And having services taken from them when really... They are. People are getting away scot-free with, without contributing to this country in any way, shape, or form. Also, that Mitt is happening. Romney wants to go to war with Iran in order to bring about the biblical Armageddon. <laughs> Put bombs in the wombs of pregnant women and allow millionaires to cattle prod homeless people. <laughs> I'd vote for him. Yeah, it's, it's you hear all that kind of sensationalist stuff right now in the United States. The claims that are being made about who's responsible for what and who's mismanaging what and who's wasting what. There's so much of the blame right now is is falling on people who need government help. Yeah. Definitely. And there's this widespread belief that there's welfare queens out there just every single person receiving welfare is flushing the stamps down the toilet or spending the, their money on cell phones instead of on food and I mean, yes, those kind of abuses happen, but that doesn't mean that it's the norm. It does, it's not the mode. No. And these people do far, far worse. Far worse. And, and what's the alternative? I really don't know. 
alternative to welfare is what? Let them starve? Let, let them, them eat starve. cake? Yeah. We don't well, we care about our people. It was called an aristocracy. Mm, it didn't work, and it, it got overthrown in revolution. So you've got to be good to your people. We got that message early. Now, do you think if the colonies had lost the Revolutionary War, that uh, the British might have promoted some of its military commanders to nobility and kind of set up like a, an ad hoc monarchy here? Well, yeah, I suppose we could look at what's happening with Wales and Scotland as some sort of indicator here. It, it depends. That would re- require devolution. I'm sure at first it would have just been a complete monarchy as it, as it always has been, a commonwealth. Yeah. Okay, they- speaking of which... I am so out of the loop with my world news. Since I got this new job, I'm like so focused on hyper-local stuff. Mm-hmm. I heard like stuff about your daughter. <laughs> and have not had a chance to look it up. Does Scotland get a chance to vote for secession from the UK? Is yeah. that what's does, happening? Yeah. yeah, that's going to happen in two years, I believe. Yeah, That's literally what's happening. That's yeah. not like... They're going to have a one-question referendum that requires a yes or no. And then they would be totally independent. They wouldn't have any kind of special privileges within the no. the UK. No, they'd be a whole they country. They'd be a whole separate country. So we we'd still be the United Kingdom, but it would be of Northern Ireland, England, and Wales, and, and we'd just skip the Scotland part because Scotland would be a completely uh, separate country. The Duke of Edinburgh will be unemployed. It's already a a, a country in its own right, but it doesn't have. Uh, any government, it's com- completely devolved to to British Parliament. Yeah, it's kind of a good look got, with this one, guys. They've got it's, their own Scottish Parliament. You know, it's been, it's been going for a while, and they've got a Scottish leader. But that's where it ends. We still have sovereignty right. My gut says that this is a maybe kind of an allegory to the Tea Party in the United States. Is this like, we need to go back to our founding fathers? Is that... Kind of what we're kind seeing. Of, it's just like we, we're, we're Scottish. This is our land and we'd like to have our power. We'd like to make decisions for ourselves. And that's the core of it. We'd like to make decisions for ourselves. What do those people down in that there London know about the experience of somebody who's living in Falkirk? And what's the general feeling on, on how the populace is cashing in on that? As I understand it, all, anyone sort of 30 and over thinks it complete secession from the uk is a tremendously bad idea everybody in the uk seems to think what the hell have we done yeah i know we didn't get on so well a long time ago but what's the problem you've not said anything about this before can't we talk um and so we need a passport to go there it's it's kind of what's the problem why do you want to do that and and by the way do you not think that if it happens we won't just go and here's your share of our national debt good luck with that bye bye because that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it won't go well for you. you, you I honestly don't... They might it might be their land and all of that, but in terms of logistically being a country, I could see them having issues. It's quite disparate as a place, really, in terms of the UK anyway. It's, what, what are they going to do with their currency? Does it remain the English pound? What, what's well, the deal with that? they've already got their own... Do money, they join the Europe? No. We, we've Scottish got, pound. Yeah, but it's it works through our economic system. It's, I think it, they you know, keep it. I really think they keep it. Their question thing. would be: Do we devolve to the euro, or do we 
we keep the Scottish pound. It's sterling. Do, does it be- is what it is. It's not the British pound, I suppose. Well, they've got a place called sterling, so they probably keep it. Do they get rid of the queen then? Do they have their own king or queen? Maybe or so. How they does had all a, of that work? They had their own kings and queens before. Yeah, but they became <laughs> ours as well. It's that's a complicated story, and we had kings who were kings of Scotland as well. It's it, I don't think it will go well. I really don't think it would go well, and they just leave things how they are. That's where I am with it. I'm going to uh, read out what Gajira said because he's absolutely bang on here. Uh, Scotland was independent in the past, but they made a really bad investment in land in Panama. It was awful. He, he, one guy basically got everybody who was anybody who had any money to invest it in Panama. And they got there and they just hit jungle. And they had no fucking clue what to do. They did not know how to survive, how to get through it, how to live there, how to do anything. It was disastrous. Everyone died, basically. Uh, So um, they lost all their money. They didn't have any money. So they were forced to become part of the UK. uh, So they won't go bankrupt. I did not know that. It's true. Yeah. It was was the last big Scottish rock. Right. It was just disastrous. It's in the QI book. Right. Doesn't that mean that the UK bought their liability? And if so... Kind of. It was a bailout. Are you going to collect on that loan? We've been doing it all our lives. We should. I wonder what the interest is on that now. should look into that. Don't know, you see. Yeah. We could see if we can get it like a Wonga loan at 4,000%. I think they just made whiskey and said, hey, you can have some. And we were like, all right, cool. And then we forgot about it. Yeah, I just got pissed. Yeah. I don't know nearly enough about the politics of your region to weigh in on it, but I will say that the one thing about that mindset that really upsets me is the assumption that anything that was in the past is better or it was correct and that you need to return to it. Yeah, I mean, that lessons should be learned. I mean, there's, there's nostalgia, there's recollection, but I think because we've had so many wars in this country, we are quite a reflective nation. I don't, wonder if it would think? result in us having to redo Hadrian's Wall. Yeah, probably add another few feet. Because if we're going to have another country, we need a border. We do. We've not we need needed that before. And all the rest of it. Yeah. yeah. So we need a big fucking wall. Yeah. What was the really crappy movie where there was like a some sort of a plague outbreak oh, in Scotland? I want, I want to say outbreak. It had Rona Mitra. It was awful. It did have Rona Mitra, and, and, and there McDowell. were cannibals. Yeah. All I really remember about it was that it had Rona Mitra in it. That's that's pretty much why I watched it, what I enjoyed about it, and all I can remember about it. Uh, that that's it really, but it it wasn't good. No, not at all. We turned it off when they started eating people. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm just looking her up now. Although uh, I will say that it was clever that they used the fine young cannibals song for that whole montage. It might Doomsday. There it is. It was called Doomsday. Yes, we built a wall around Scotland. Well, they were all diseased, you see. Sometimes these things just had to be done. It's a Neil Marshall film. And Rona Meacher had some sort of like an electronic spy eye that she would take out and roll like no, into think, the battle zone. I, I think you've made that bit up. Probably. Yeah, that it, well, she just had normal eyes. But yeah, Neil Marshall film. He did Dog Soldiers and The Descent, which are worth looking. Oh, and Centurion. Dog Soldiers was fun. Dog Soldiers was great fun. We're way off base here. (laughs) 
other things that America would be better for if they had us? I'm trying to think. You know, we've done better than I thought we would. I seriously thought we were going to come in and maybe name two things and be like, <laughs> hmm, let's talk about candy. Well, yeah, we you have better chocolate. Yeah, you might There's well no have edible chocolate. Two ways about that, dude. I mean, we really rocked the world for a long time in the boiled sweet department. Yeah, that was us. boiled sugar candy. Mm. That was everywhere. And and we have licorice that grows here as well, so we had licorice, all, oh, all of that stuff. Do you know what you'd have? Museums with actually old stuff in yeah, it. Yeah, you would, yeah. yeah. Cause we, we've, no, okay, <laughs> come on, stop slagging us off. We have museums with old stuff on it. No, like really old stuff. We found a, <laughs> we found a load of stuff in Greece and brought it home. You, should, you could have had some of ours. <laughs> terrible. You know, we, the Dead Sea Scrolls were on display for a little while about a block away from my office. Hey, really? Yeah, we have we have old stuff we keep though, because we we just took it from these people. It was you know in in some ways really horrible, but now quite quite good for tourism, really, because you can see the best of Eastern Europe. It's in awful. London. It's awful because uh, I've been to the uh, Temple of uh, Diana in Turkey and uh, our Artemis Temple, and it's awful because it's not even there. There's a couple of uh, of bottoms of columns and a bit of fallen over column, and and the, it's like where the fuck is this? You, it, there's a, a big steel etching of what it would look like, and we and know what like, it well, does look like. It's, it's all in the British Museum. Yeah. It's that it's there. It it's not even here anymore. It's awful. It, I I felt really horrible. Honestly, in just Turkey, looking at thousands of years old. It should be. And it's not. It's in London, in a building. The Rosetta Stone and everything. That was awesome. It was just there. I could, I, you know, I was closer to the Rosetta Stone than I am to Alison right now. We have proper old stuff. And you mummies. shouldn't beat yourself up, though, because you did stuff that was so much better than what we did. Like, like you abolished slavery way before we did. Yeah, do you see what I mean? That morality kicks in first. We, we realized, so a- we got that things were bad. Way before you guys. You get a gold star there, so don't don't beat yourself up about Turkey. Well, it's just that one guy, Lord Elgin. I mean, we greedy, did take an awful greedy, lot greedy of stuff. little bastard. He went everywhere. And we, we have the audacity to call them the Elgin Marbles, when really, if it was where it should be, it's the Temple of Artemis. And it, it's just so wrong. It's we, we've so got wrong. Most of Egypt. We've got most of Greece. I know, but we've all of the all stuff of that the, we find the here. Really old stuff. I yeah. mean, we've got museums here. There's one museum about 40 miles away from us in the city of York that is a Viking museum. It was found in York on an archaeological dig. On a what? An archaeological dig. Um, a settlement, a Viking settlement. And they've, they've pulled all kinds of stuff out of the ground tools, weapons. Boats, all kinds of things, mm. and um, and recreated a village, including all the smells that would have been in that village as well. It was really, it's really quite. That putrid. was a great day out from with school when but you were a kid. Vikings, forty miles away yeah. from here, and their stuff is intact in the ground. Are you talking to someone who grew up in Doncaster? Yeah, Th- there was no one that didn't live in Doncaster. This is a Roman town, yeah, Roman city. Yeah. See, we do have an advantage with that, too, because we have the first people's stuff, all the, the American Indian dwellings and the arrowheads and this, mm. all their tools that are, you know, still can be found in a lot of places, and uh, especially the, the American Southwest. Yeah. That's still like a, a, a 
well, I don't want to say unmined because we don't want to, you know, it's not that kind of an operation, but um, still so much of it down there. Good. I'm glad it's preserved. I really am. And I'd love to go and see stuff. You know, I'd by the to- way, it, it took a little while to dig this up here, but uh, Great Britain abolished the slave trade in 1807 and abolished slavery in 1833. Right. The U.S. didn't end slavery until 1865 quite a long way after and that took a war it doesn't seem like it was a long way after in retrospect but yeah it was 32 years and you guys that's, did... that's a long time in the lifespan of any single person that's pretty much our entire lifespan jason mm-hmm. <laughs> yes my uh the the gem in my palm is starting to glow it's almost time <laughs> <Yeah>. for carousel <laughs> i'm gonna be a runner i'm telling you i'm running but yeah, I love that we have like Hadrian's Wall. You can go and stand on it. The man put those bricks there 2,000 years ago, and then one day my dog had a wee on it. And he had no idea when he was doing that that yeah. that was going to happen. I think that you've told me this before. Hadrian's Wall, it still exists in bits and patches, right? It's not, yeah. it's not in any kind of... It's not like the Great Wall of China or anything. You can't go and like walk miles along it or anything. you can go and look at a pile of bricks and go oh there, and there there's, is... there's bits where they've built it up and like there's uh, the place called Vindolanda which is a, a Roman museum where they found a big fort and they've basically as they're digging it out they're building it up again and you can go and walk around it and it's, it's amazing it's a fantastic and place to visit it a, really is a place just up the road called Housesteads which is a, a, a Roman mile fort because there was a fort every mile. And it's right on the hill. It's, a, it's an amazing sight, isn't it, as you're driving yeah. past? It's huge. And, and so that's there. And that's the, you know, that's the wall Barclays walks along. And they built it 2,000 years ago. To but keep for most of the mileage, out. we're talking about like loose chains of like two-foot-tall stone heaps every 15 feet, right? Yeah. We are now, yeah. yeah. I, there's some sections of it that are quite tall, especially up at Housesteads. And like the city of Cairo. It is a situation where a lot of the buildings nearby will have been made out of it. Yeah. So, so it, it's uh, technically all still there. It's just some people it live in it now. starts right by the coast, doesn't it? It was a whole North wall. Shields or something. It was a whole, like, you keep the fuck out, you Scottish people. Well, actually, no, it was a means of, if you're coming in, come through here and we will charge you. Yeah. That's what it was. It was. They weren't attacking us. Yeah. You were 30 miles that way. You didn't attack the Romans. Yeah. It's just not what happened. Because you tended to lose. Especially if you were disorganised and tribal. But so I guess to sum up, it, it did go from coast to coast, but it certainly doesn't anymore. You can, you can walk good sections of it. It's quite impressive still, I think. It does feature in uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves as well. In the scene when, it, right at the beginning, when he land, they land on Dover, then later that day they're on Hadrian's Wall. <laughs> so it's the bit where he's talking and about... And how have they travelled there? God knows. By the magic of Hollywood movies. Unless they've got in a car or a train, I'm not buying it. Here, this bit looks like England too. It doesn't matter, it's the other end. You know that you weren't the target audience for that movie. Exactly, it's fine. <laughs> we, we don't know where Nottingham is in relation to London. Middle so. bit. <laughs> Mid- middle bit in fact we're the middle bit if you look at the, the whole map from from top to bottom from the top of scotland to the to the tip of um cornwall we're we're pretty much halfway between edinburgh and london so pretty much halfway 
For the record, I know where it is. So, yeah, so you do know where it is. But, yeah, I guess it's about two miles outside of London, isn't it? Have you ever looked up Haworth on Google Maps? That's how I know where Nottingham is. Right. Because, yeah, I've I've looked at it, especially around the Olympics time. I did a little refresher course just kind of trying to figure out where everything was happening. Yeah, it's more than I did. Yeah, we didn't. Like, oh, is that one in London? No, it's somewhere else. All right. <laughs> I don't understand it even still how Greenwich isn't London, but it is. It's it's massive. It, I, I it feels like a place that. all of its own. It's across the river and it's um I just lovely. know it's that London. You don't go down there. It's full of Southerners. What, what it's actually hear? not. It's full of no, Australians it and, is, isn't it? and other uh, global people. Global people. Yeah. London is quite global. Right. I'm just used to Leeds, which is slightly global, but not. I'm going to ask you a very strange question now, because I think this would have changed quite a lot for for um, Britain if we, we were in the colonies. Um, yeah. Richard, how old were you when you had your first conversation with a black person? Ah... Well, actually, no, actually, I did have a, an Asian friend growing up. I'm talking about a black person, not an Asian person, because that, that, that was something quite special that happened in the Yorkshire region in the 70s. Right. We, we invited um, a lot of workforce over from Pakistan to, to staff them, the mills in the 50s. I, I believe they were Nigerian. So between the 50s and the 70s, there was quite a, a big influx of, of people from Pakistan to this region. Yeah. But... I'm talking about... You mean a black person? Either West West Indian, as we'd call them, How back in the day, or, or African. 21. 21. Quite possibly. Yeah. I think it was Kit. Mine, mine was at university, so um, I was 19 when I went to university. So that was the first time I'd had a conversation with a black person. The first time I worked with a black person, I was 23. Right. And she co- she clocked it. She was like, you don't know how to be around me, do you? Yeah, have you, have you been around many black people before? And I just went, God, now that you mention it, no. Now, if you're talking of people about people of um, extreme ethnicity, let's say, from another country, I think the first... Really, really black person. Not the first American, Afri- African American, but the first African that I would have talked to was probably when I was nine or ten. Because of my my ties to Christianity, you know, my dad was a preacher. Mm-hmm. There was always the thing about missionaries. Yeah, a lot of work and in so Africa. There was a lot of exposure to traveling missionaries yeah, when I was a lot little. Of Kenyans coming over. Yeah, I had that in my family because my grandma had had similar kind of connections to church and. She knew missionaries and and she met people and there's there's an old family picture of her having dinner um, with a black man and his wife who'd who'd come over as missionaries from Kenya. So yeah, there, there was that kind of connection, but it was still um, it was still kind of mythological. You know, you heard about there being a black man in a certain town, but nobody ever saw a black man. So yeah, you know, it was really, really weird, and and I think that that probably would have changed a great deal because Britain has been historically very British for a long time, and has carefully controlled immigration. Whereas um, America's kind of like 
got leaky borders and people want to go there and and get visas and that's and that's been encouraged. Well, we threw our doors wide open. Yeah. There was the you know Statue of Liberty giving you're tired, you're weak, you're poor, you're hungry. I don't remember how the exact poem goes. Yeah, but it, it was essential because you had jobs to fill. Uh, that that's been the the catalyst of change in this country is that we we're, we're okay with immigration when we've got uh, too much work to do and not enough staff, which is why we invite I people mean, to come. We brought enough slaves into this country that black people still would have probably been very, very common. But think about it. Asian immigrants, Italian immigrants, East Indians, Russians. We wouldn't have had a huge swath of ethnic minorities in this country. Mm. But it certainly it certainly snowballed. I mean, and things are very different now. You walk through any city. and We, we went to Leeds last Tuesday night. And uh, just walking through the streets, it, I didn't hear English being spoken. Did you, Richard? No. Not at all. In in the space of like a 20-minute walk through the city, I didn't hear English. So things have changed a great deal, but I just wonder how quick that would have changed if we were in in a big place where where jobs needed filling and we threw the doors open. My understanding that it is that... Um England's dealing with a, a great surge in prejudice right now because of uh, Islamic people. Yeah, there's that going on, but we've also got quite a lot of Eastern European uh, new arrivals. Well, certainly since uh, 2002 when when uh, they were allowed to come here and, and work as European citizens, certainly in a, in a handful of countries where, where the doors were much more open. But now there's this kind of racism between the races, uh, the Pakistani community kind of has a problem with the Eastern Europeans and, and vice versa. I think what he's actually referring to, there's a, a thing in, it seems to be in, it, I caught a bit of this, that I get the feeling that in the American media at the moment, they're playing up a lot of the EDL stuff and the BMP stuff and saying oh, that they? there's a big swing towards extreme right parties in Europe in general. They're really, you know what? And there, there really isn't. It's, There's been a right-wing element in this country and in Germany, if those two countries that we're talking about here. Um, there's always been a right-wing element. And in the 80s, I would say that they had their biggest voice and their biggest levels of activism. And and they they wore it like a badge, you know, they were they were skinheads and, and they, they wore it as a uniform and we could spot these kind of fascists and racists quite clearly because they wore it like a badge. They had... Uh, NF markers on them, uh, markers for the National Front. And then we had break-off groups like Combat 18 who were much more combative in nature and would would start fights, riots, whatever. Um, um, and, so, and that kind of then splintered off and shut the hell up when people had had enough of, of that. And, and yeah, people had had enough of that. And now there's this horrific element called the BMP and um, and another hooligan group called the EDL who who are racist. They, they won't say out loud that they're racist, but they are. But the majority of the country knows they're stupid. They don't really have any sway. They they had a brief upsurge a couple of years ago when a few people got council seats, but they've lost them again because they're idiots and they're blatant racist and horrible people. So... It's it's nowhere near as mainstream. It's very very marginal. 
and it's embarrassing <laughs> by and large. It's hard to gauge in the United States exactly how how representative the vocal minority is of extreme rightists um, who have the opinion of, you know, people of Islamic descent should get out of the United States entirely. Let's ship them off. There was, um, I, 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 it has to be skewed. People can't be that that terrible, but it keeps on sur- resurfacing again and again and again. There was just last week or the week before a Republican um, candidate for office uh, for state office in Arkansas mm. who spoke up and was in favor of deportation of anyone of Islamic descent. Terrible. Mandatory de- uh, deportation. Terrible. Can you imagine everybody who is Muslim in the United States leaving? Can you imagine that? Well, in World War Two, they did put all the Japanese people in camps. Islam is a big it's not religion. Of. It's a huge religion, and to have everybody leave who who had that faith would just collapse the the local economies all over the place. Certainly, wouldn't have Trying any good. Trying to find this guy. Certainly, wouldn't have any good uh, shawarma places. I'm telling you now. None of that stuff. Oh, you like shawarma? No more kebabs. No more flatbreads. No more curry. No more Indian curry. Can you imagine? No more. (sighs) No more. It's hard to find this guy because Arkansas has had a bunch of people running for state offices in the past three or four weeks who have said stupid things. They're all idiots. Um, a Republican legislator in Arkansas under fire for writing that slavery may have been, quote, a blessing in disguise for African-Americans. Uh, what let's a see. dick. Um, he wrote a 2009 book uh, that African-Americans were better off than they would have been had they not been captured and shipped to the United States. God. Advocated the de- deportation of all Muslims. His name was uh, State. Let's see. Uh, Fuqua, where is he? I'm trying to read and talk at the same time. Here we go. Uh, Representative Loy Mock and House candidate Charlie Fuqua fuck have you. both made claims like this. Are you sure it's not pronounced fuck you? It should be. Well, Fuqua advocated the de- deportation of all Muslims in a 2011 self-published book, and Mock called Abraham Lincoln a war criminal in one of a series of letters to a newspaper dating back several years. Oh my goodness. That's outrageous. That's just outrageous. That's offensive to so many people. By the way, everybody here thinks Mitt Mitt Romney's hilarious. There have been some reports coming in, but of course, a large portion of our country just says, oh, they're all biased. But there have been reports coming in that the rest of the world is kind of laughing that our election is so close. Yeah. Laughing that it's so close. Are you joking? It's awful. It's Awful. That that guy's hilarious. He's so dumb. It's All, like just what's just, the other guy, Paul Ryan. Just what just one dick. thing he said should like disqualify him from being allowed to run for president. Like just on the grounds that he's so stupid. Like when he said that when there was that fire on his wife's plane, and he said he didn't understand why you couldn't open the window on an airplane. It should be that's you're done. You're you done. cannot run a country. Whatever you think of any political issue. You are clearly too stupid to tie your own shoelaces and dress yourself, let alone run a country. So you, the fact that he's allowed to be voted for is hilarious. Warning. I'm going to make fun of religion now. Okay. If you're sensitive to that sort of thing, 
too bad. Uh, <laughs> Mitt Romney should be disqualified because he's a Mormon. And Mormons believe that Jesus Christ is an alien from the planet Kolob. Yeah. And they wear magic underwear that are manufactured by the temple to, uh, to ward off spirits that might try to swim up their penises. Do they really? They do. They, yes. ma- they wear magic underpants. I've magic never heard underpants. that one before. See, I didn't oh. know this. I, I knew because we, we have like a, a Mormon pl- a church of the Latter-day Saints. This is thing. so going to be the first thing I'm going to say to them the next time they come out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so on. looking forward to it now. I just fuck with them. Uh, they, they do my brain in. They, they targeted my mum. I'm going to say targeted because they come around in pairs, dressed in beautiful suits, bearing beautiful blazers. I love and, Mormon and name Day. Badge. I love Mormon Day. And well, they came around and they impressed her with their views on heaven, and she wanted that because she wanted to meet a mum, which is fine. You know, that was my mum's belief. She really wanted heaven to exist and be her imagined idea of it. And it, they were like, "Oh, that's our view as well. Um, can we come round maybe on Wednesday? Myself and my colleague Michael will come round and give you a presentation." And then I, I got home and they were just like leaving. I was like, what the fuck is this? Why have you let them in the house? And she's Pictures like, of the magic underwear in the Skype chat, by the way. Oh, dear. Awesome. These are the temple garments that have to be worn as close to your skin as possible for all activities, wow. and except for sex and possibly swimming. And, and sex can happen with multiple people, up to four, I imagine. Uh, it depends on which sect of Mormonism you're talking to. Okay. Polygamy is kind of a touch-and-go tenet of their religion. Okay. Now, I must it's admit that, section, that this is an area where, where we could possibly learn from the Mormons, because I, I never pulled off the threesome. <laughs> I, I don't think they do that. I, I never think pulled they that have off. a Monday and wife and so a Tuesday wife I, and a Wednesday wife. They don't have a Monday-Tuesday get-together. Right. Because I know I that just wanting to is not enough. I honestly have never understood what the hubbub against polygamy is, as long as it's not a mechanism that's used to impose power on a specific gender. Well, I agree with that, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I've got to think about what it would be like, and I don't like it, so it shouldn't happen. (laughs) That British sense of not right, it's not right, and it's not proper. That British sense of, oh my God, what a fucking nightmare. See, what we do... Just another woman to deal with. Exactly. For... You are a handful, right? The idea of another one. Oh, Can you imagine, though? Because, like, last night I made an amazing shepherd's pie and you really, really liked it. What if tonight it was wife number two's turn and she made your shepherd's pie and it wasn't as good as mine? And I'd bitch about each of you to the other ones. I already hate her. And... I oh, what a just nightmare. Yeah, it's a stupid idea. We nightmare. cost too much money. We are high maintenance. Don't have more than one of us. Um, we need all of your money for shoes and things and haircuts and shit. So, yeah, that that that's not good. There you From go. the mid-1800s until 1978, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that's, uh, that's Mormonism, had a policy against ordaining black men of African descent to the church. Well, yeah, because if you look in the Book of Mormon, there's a whole section about why black people are black. Well, they bear the mark of Cain. They do. And it's to show that they're sinners and we can mark them out and we know who they are. And that's right there in the book. And this is why I say Mitt Romney automatically disqualified. Yeah, and they've got horrific views on homosexuality as well, which are just frankly draconian and 300 years old. It's just outrageous, really. We're all stood over here like I don't literally believe that 
I don't literally believe that he should be disqualified because I don't think that we should have that kind of thought policing. I, I, I do believe an open and free society should be open and free to bigots as well. But at the same time, I think that any right, right-minded person should just automatically say, I don't care what their policy is. If they think that, they're, they're, they're just, out of the running. They're just wrong, yeah. I'm just so looking forward to Mormon Day next. I'll just come to the door and I'll look at him and grin and go, hey, have you got magic pants on? So the last time they were here, um, I was out in the garden and uh, they they got me over the garden fence. I was like, you fuckers. <laughs> I'm outside. I'm oh, you have trapped. to work them. You have to make them yeah, wish well, they'd I, never knocked on your door. I got them as far as, hi, how are you doing? Are you enjoying the weather? What are you planting there? And my name's Joshua and this is Isaac and... And we're from uh, the the church in Crossroads, and we'd, we'd maybe like to talk to you about... I went, just wait there a minute, let me go get my wife. And I came inside and locked the door. <laughs> you know, everybody makes fun of the Scientologists, with the whole alien overlord Xenu thing, and the, the Thetans, the spirits, and the H-bombs that were released on Earth millions of years ago. But if you look at it, Mormonism really, really isn't that far off from the same kind of things. It's really not. It's, it's, yeah, lunacy from an outsider's point of view. Lunacy. But we, I don't know, just people of America, right? If if you're listening to me, I, I understand that your politics is, at the end of the day, not really my business. But just understand how much fun we're going to make of you if you elect Mitt Romney. It's going to be a relentless four years. You've already had one stupid one recently. Exactly. You have can't we, have, have we, another one. Have we not made worse. enough fun of you recently? We've just gotten over it. You know, it is your business, though. That that statement really annoys me. It really is our business. I said this on Facebook this week. But I I made a statement. I was blocking everything that was anti-Obama or pro-Romney because it disgusts me and it makes me feel physically sick. So I, I don't want to see it. And there's a couple of people that I've befriended who are listeners, and I know they're listeners, and they post this kind of stuff. And and, and when I posted that, they liked my link, which blew me away. Like, but it's you who's posting that shit. Anyway, so yeah, I don't, I don't want to see it. And and the first response to it was, to be honest, none of our business. And I thought, well, no, actually, it's every bit of our business. We're, we're too close. We're too close to it. Not, not to have an effect. I mean, the fact that they can tell you in real time that it's none of your business means that it is your business. It, it, the fact that it doesn't take them months for their message of it's not your business to go on a ship across the Atlantic and get to your house. That was a British person that told us it was none of our business. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. So that's the kind I of see the point you're making. But yeah, it's out there that it is none of our business, but I'm sorry, while we're going to war with you guys, and while we're parking your missiles here, and having lots of uh, surveillance staff here on our soil, in little bits of America. Economies are interdependent. You know? After our stock market collapsed, your stock market didn't do so well. Horrific. It's all interrelated. We're, we're sewing each other's pockets and sewing each other's military business. It's ridiculous. Who, who is in charge matters a great deal. And, it, and on a personal level, it matters a great deal to, to me as, as a friend of American people. Because I, I uphold human rights. And I think that if uh, certain people are elected, 
those rights might be eroded further and you'll go backwards in time and that's not something that I want. Romney's been saying a lot of things about what he's going to do on day one. Day one, I will do this. Day one, I will do this. Day one, I will do this. But uh, I, I don't think some of the most damaging things that he'll accomplish will be done on day one. No, they'll, they'll definitely be accomplished. They'll be slipped in under really bad news or but really good news. You don't have to look very far right now to find out what his party is doing to curtail women's rights. And, and I, I never thought that I'd see a day where women's rights were something that we had to talk about anymore. Well, you'd hope not. Plus, I don't believe anyone who says that the first thing they would do as president of the United States is anything other than to demand to be told what the fuck is in Area 51. That would be the first thing I would do. Absolutely. Oh, show beats you to the joke, Rich. What? Did someone else do that? John Stewart on The Daily Show. That, that was his joke, All too. All right. First thing I would do. <laughs> Second thing, who bring me all the documents on who killed JFK and other famous names as well. Because the, the, we know you know all that shit as well. Yeah. You know? And what else? If you do get a, ter- a tour of Area 51, it would have to be by Brent Spiner, too. That would oh, be like that you part would... of the contract. Yeah. That would be awesome. I'd get him in. He'd have to have a tour first and learn everything. And then he, he would give me the tour as the character he played in the movie Independence Day. That would be it. And then, obviously, unfortunately, I think he'd have to be shot in the head or something like that for <laughs> security reasons, which would be a shame. But, you know, I'd have had a great time. Um, yeah, that's what I'd do. And I don't believe... I'm, I'm glad I made the same joke as John Stewart. That makes me feel quite funny, actually. <laughs> Your erudite level just got plus five. Yeah, that's that's good. You'd so do that. Why would you not do that? Fuck politics. That's what I'd do. I'd make everybody say jam. What? I'd make everybody say jam. No, I'm sorry. The word is jelly. It's jam. It's jelly. What do you call jelly? Oh, that's jello. Jello. Right. Same stuff. I see. Now, what do you call Vaseline? Vaseline. Vaseline. Okay. Because it's also known as petroleum jelly. Here. Yeah, but that, that's what it is. Vaseline's the brand, a brand name. name is Vaseline. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I make you say jam. I make you say tap. Uh, I make you say what? What's tap? Faucet. Oh, we say that. You yeah. say tap. tap water. Get water from the tap. Sure. So you wouldn't, you would never use the word faucet. Well, you would. I mean, interchangeably. But tap is shorter, and we're lazy. Yeah, so we're, it, it gets bandied about. Yeah, you say beverage, which I think is an enormous word. We don't say beverage that often. Right. It's it's the way of spicing up your menu and giving it a little of class. It's got two syllables, Richard. Beverage. No, you put an E is, in there. No one pronounces that. It's beverage. Beverage. Just like you're pronouncing retina. 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 What's? Retina. What, how am I saying it wrong? You're disregarding the I that's there. Retina. Retina. It's you, there. It's not. It's, it's there. You've changed it to an apostrophe. Retina. 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 Oh, it's, it's the name of the upside down backwards e that, uh, that denotes uh, that that a uh, syllable doesn't get pronounced. 
this is this, a- this is a wonderful shot into our home life. Actually, this is what we sit around and discuss at night. I'll just sit there going retina, retina. I'm just, what is wrong with the way I'm saying it? You always make That's fun of. She makes fun of the way I talk. You know, she does that to me. You say urinal. Is that wrong? Yeah, the British would say urinal. I I never know which is the right one I'm supposed to say, so I actually vary. British say schedule. The Americans say schedule. No, that's the other way around. No. Is it? I never She's know. Right. I She's don't right. know. It's only... I. You know what I'm talking about. It's not my fault. I'm a victim of popular culture and we're, television. We're We've probably done of, an episode of this show on this. We're also more fond of the letter U. Exactly. In aluminium. Well, it's an actually, it's an extra eye in aluminium Is that it? we have right. here. I apparently have troubles with my eye. It's... <laughs> uh, I, I think that we've pretty much covered what if the colonies had lost the American Revolutionary War. Yeah. And we've covered much, much You'd more. You'd have jam and yoksh puddings. <laughs> All food with you. And... Well, I was just thinking, yeah, this does sound like somebody's been smoking pot while we've been recording. Maybe I so. haven't eaten a single Maybe Pop-Tart. Maybe it is pie in the sky. We have Pop-Tarts again now. That's something else. Maybe we'd never have lost them. I, I believe they're called toaster biscuits. <laughs> Pop-Tarts. I have the, the, the nuclear chocolate ones that make you hyperactive for three days afterwards. I've had eight. I've had four today. They're horrific. <laughs> They're the driest things. I've started craving this, them now. I just got horrible. one box because they were they were back in Asda. They were new. It was like, hey, just two pounds, and I got them. And now I can't stop eating them. My favorite oh, way to dear. okay, you really want to go down the path. <laughs> My favorite way to eat pop tarts: stick them in the freezer for a couple hours, then take them out and eat them frozen. Right. Oh, that's good stuff. Oh, I'll, give that, I'll give that a go. Oh, the jelly inside gets really hard and the stiff. jam inside, Jason. The jam. No, I said, inside. It, I said it the way it's proper. <laughs> we uh, we sh- something else we should cover. Seeing that this is the last in the the season of remastered, we got a box of Fruit Loops. You did. We did. Yeah. And what do you think? I haven't tried them. I've yet. had one bowl. I'm not having any more. Um, they're on. supposed to be fruity, right? They're not. No, they're not, not fruity. Really. It says they're supposed to be fruit flavored. Um, they don't taste of fruit. They come in, in three colors, which is supposed to be green, um, red, uh, or orange kind of thing. Um, but what? Uh, and a purple one. But what you get? Is one that's brown, one that's orangey brown, and one that's not brown. Okay, first of all, that's not real Fruit Loops. If you want to go back and look at the history of the Fruit Loops, the Fruit Loops were originally three colors, but nine. It wasn't those three. It was uh, red, orange, and yellow. Then they added. Let's see. Then they added purple to the mix. Then they added green to the mix. I don't know what they've added recently. I think there was a striped one. A striped one. A striped That's one. That's just too extravagant for cereal. I, I went it was some sort them. of berry. I went and fetched the Fruit Loops so I can try them. I think the upshot of it is the taste of absolutely nothing. Yeah, there's a brown one, a green one, and a yellow one, really. It sounds like you're getting a Britishized version of Fruit Loops. Read, read the pack. What does it say on there that, that it's about? Um, what is that cereal about? Multigrain cereal made with natural flavors and colors. I can't, there's no flavor here. 
There's no flavor. They no. taste of nothing. They don't make flavor cr- claims anymore. No, they just use the, the colors, I think. It says natural flavors and colors are supposed to be fruity. At no point on this box does it say what the hell this is, other than multigrain cereal made with natural flavors and colors. Isn't it? it says that on both sides well, and on the front. They're the flavor of flour. Of nothing. Picture in the Skype chat, that's what they're supposed to be. And they're supposed to taste like high fructose corn syrup. You see, you've got coloured wax. Betty has said in the chat room, Fruit Loops coloured wax in milk. There is no wax on these things. They are dry. God, they don't look like cereal, that photo at all. Wheat grain. There's no flavour. I couldn't tell you what they taste like. That That isn't yeah. Fruit Loops, then. We, we need to taste them when we're out in the States. Okay. We'll get some from the supermarket I, I and also, have them for breakfast. Do you have Crave? This is a new one. This is white yes, chocolate the- brownie Crave. These are awesome. These this has been flavor. buying that stuff in pretty high quantity. Oh my god, these are incredible. Richard's just sat there with two boxes of cereal, just eating them dry. I'll stop now. Sorry. I have post Mega Pack Good Mornings Vanilla O's next to my dis- desk. <laughs> That's just too much of a mouthful. It's um, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to look like an off-brand, but it's made by Post, and it sells for really, really cheap. And the boxes are huge, hmm. but. I figure cereal is kind of like a, a safe snack food. It's not too bad. It's not too well, bad. Well, I can eat it in small quantities. Better than the Pop-Tarts I've been cramming down. Well, I'm clearly going to have some craving in a minute. Uh, our bowls are very conducive to putting about four portions in, though. I know. I enjoy it. I was thinking of getting a bigger bowl, though. Just the cereal. Just pour the milk straight into the bag. When you visit, I'll have cereal lined up for you for breakfast. Awesome. I'll have like 20 boxes. Awesome. We'll go crazy. Yeah. Cool. We'll like get you it. some, some uh, Count Chocula, some Cap'n Crunch, <gasps> some real Fruit Loops. And uh, Yeah, I wonder if Cheerios are different. Cinnamon Grahams, we have those here, do we? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. There's going to be a whole aisle of stuff we've never seen or tasted. I tend not to stray into the Nestle part of the aisles. Well, when we here, were... here you go. This will blow your mind. I'll take you to Walmart. You can pick out any five boxes that you want. <gasps> with, monsieur, with this cereal, you will be spoiling us. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome. We, we have nothing here. We, we get wheat and nothing else. You can have wheat and corn and that's your lot. We, we have um, like crunchy stuff, but it's for the hippies, really. It's kind of, here's the hippie cereal. And then here's the kids' stuff, but we've taken all the fun stuff out of it now. And and here's the grown-up stuff. And there's there's hardly anything. When when we were out in the states and we went to Safeway, we we found the Coke aisle. No, I've been over this with him. It's, it's that blew my mind. You don't have a whole aisle of Coke. You have maybe four feet of stacking space, maybe six at a push of a of a shelving unit. And that's it. You don't have a whole aisle with 70 flavours. It, it blew my mind. I was like, I'm not here for long enough to drink all of this. I, I need to come back many times and drink various flavours of Coke that just don't ever reach us. Nice. I'm, I'm very happy that we have access to multiple variation Coke, by which I mean that it's not just vanilla Coke and it's not just Coke Zero. It's vanilla Coke Zero. No way. It's it's pretty incredible. You get your uh, your caffeine free diet uh, lime coke. No way. <laughs> we have none of this shit. We have coke, diet coke, 
maybe maybe cherry coke. Yeah, we have cherry coke. Cherry diet coke is quite rare. And no, it's diet coke with cherry. We did a whole show on this. But that would be it. That's it. We we have four and yeah. zero, but it's only Coke Zero. Now, if you go to Atlanta, you're going to get all the weird um, kind of like uh, novelty Cokes because they make limited limited runs of like licorice Coke and do they know? Just crazy, crazy stuff. Do we have any other reason to go to Atlanta? No. Gambling. Is it? No. That's Atlantic City. Isn't that in Atlanta? <laughs> no. Atlanta's in Georgia. Right. The South. Okay. Down down near Florida, but um, further than South Carolina. Yeah. I have been to Atlanta. Just the airport. Oh, did you do yeah. a layover there? But technically, I, I, w- I have been in Atlanta. Airport. So... Should we end the show? Yeah, we're just rambling now. And the season. It's time. <laughs> so we'll be back and we'll do more remastered one day in the not too distant future. Thank you terribly for having me on the show. I've really enjoyed it. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. And we look forward to hearing you on Remote Patrol. You know, it would have been lonely without you, Alice. And after recording four episodes now of Remote Patrol, we've got we've got all those episodes in the can. It would have been lonely for Rich and I to just have a show all by ourselves. You'd have missed me, wouldn't you? I, I already did miss you. We hadn't uh, done a show in a couple of weeks. Yeah, this is true. This is true. You've, you've had a busy life since then. And um, yeah, it's been weird. It's, it's nice. I like this little huddle we've got. It's, it's cozy. It is good, I like isn't it? it? Yeah. yeah. So... So then. So, the end of... I feel like we're stopping something big, but we're really not in we're the not, slightest. We're just going. All yeah. we need to do is say goodnight. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.